Courtney, here's a question I pose to you today. Have you ever gotten to the end of your day and just felt very scattered? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) We all fall into those moments that we're just like, it feels like too much. And so then you kind of get working on a little bit of a lot of things um, versus like strategically trying to knock things off. And then you get to the end of the day and you're just like, it's too much. And I would say for me, it really compounds when it's like a lot of things that are not just work, but maybe there's like a lot of like personal things happening, you know, maybe like school starting, you know, you're just got a whole lot of plates spinning in multiple arenas. That's when things for me are most likely to get to the end of the day and just feel like mentally scattered. Like I just, it was hard to kind of focus on getting the right things done, which is what we're all about. Verbs, can I ask you, how do you know that you're a little scattered or spread thin? When I'm eating a meal at like 10 o'clock, then I know things have overwhelmed me. I've probably had dinner by now, but if I'm like, if I'm like, oh God, I got to eat, I'm going to have some chicken now, or I'm going to have some ice cream, of course. Mm -hmm. If I'm at that place and I don't have any reserve to tell myself, Nick, just go to bed. You don't yeah. have to eat this food right now. <laughs> then I know that things have really fallen off uh, yeah. the wagon. Is that the saying? Well, so yeah. So I hear what you're saying. So to answer your question, I normally either will, I'll stay up late and try to watch like TV shows mm-hmm. and I should just really, same thing, just go to bed and reset for the next day. But yeah, I'm, I'm trying to focus on one thing, knowing everything in the peripheral is scattered and floating around. But this one show could help me bring it all back together. So. <laughs> Courtney, is your version of that? Is it to um, write lists? Like, what do you do and what happens? How do you know? Like that I'm like, Spiraling. like way at yeah. max. One, my car is just a disaster. Mm. And then I find myself just like walking into rooms of my house, saying those words out loud about things like, this This room is a disaster. Like, this room is a disaster. <laughs> I'm just picturing your husband just like, oh, there she goes. Like, he can just hear you off in the distance going, oh, no, it's this, happening. This room is a disaster. <laughs> like, this room is a disaster. Which is interesting because it's like you – I feel like we go to those kinds of things because we feel like we can at least do something to control that. And it's and there's order again versus all the other stuff that we're trying to grasp for order. Mm-hmm. But loading the dishwasher, hey, that could be done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So today we're going to look at four activities that you should try batching to reclaim order. This episode is brought to you by Life Focus, a new gamified approach to life planning that's easy, fun, and gives you a GPS for your next 10 years. You can start today at fullfocus.co slash lifefocus. Today, we're going to be talking about batching, but we also have a really exciting course for you to go watch for free. We usually charge $49 for this, and it's from a live event that we did several years ago, and it's Amy Porterfield talking about batching. So go download that now and find out more about how you can successfully batch your work. (laughs) 
Welcome to another episode of Focus on This, the most productive podcast on the internet, so you can banish distractions, get the right stuff done, and finally start loving Mondays. My name is Verbs, here with Courtney Baker. Happy, I almost said happy birthday. (laughs) Thank you. Happy Monday to you, Courtney. Happy Monday. Uh, yes, it's it's a good one. I am really excited to be talking about this. And actually, our producer, when we got on today, he was like, I feel like this is a Courtney Baker episode. <laughs> and he was right. Uh, yes. So I'm ready to jump in. Let's take a look at activity number one, which is responding to email. Yeah, this one. So again, we're talking about activities that you should consider batching. And we've actually told you this a lot. Um, You may not realize it, though, because when we talk about our workday startup um, and our workday shutdown, we are usually encouraging you to respond to email in those blocks, basically to get that low leverage work out of the way. And then to, you know, to come back at the end of the day to kind of keep it in check. And so essentially what we're saying is you're batching those activities on a daily basis. But the idea here is a lot of times we kind of default to responding to email throughout the day at any moment just to kind of make sure that we're responsive Um, ultimately what that does is instead of us working on high leverage work, we are just responding to what other people need from us. And that sounds like helpful, uh, you know, to other people, but not really helpful for us getting the right things done. You know, like most likely if you are continually not getting your daily big three done, this might be one of the reasons because you're just always checking email to see who needs a response to you. So again, this is one, and and it may be, you may have to challenge your thinking a little bit here because you may, if you've been in that habit, you may be like, there is no way that I can just check email, you know, my workday startup and workday shutdown. I would say if that is where you're at, maybe you put a a section in the middle. You're like in the middle of the day, I'm going to check. But to to work towards being intentional of when you're going to Check email versus just continually doing it on a, you know, every five minute basis or every 30 minute basis to jump into email. I think you'll find huge results just by this first activity. And I think sometimes uh, we mentioned this earlier that there's activities that we kind of use as default work to at least make it feel like we're still moving, even though we feel stuck in maybe some other areas to where we feel that scattered state starting to creep Mm -hmm. upon us. So this this um this setup with the email, at least by designating, you know, two or three uh, moments throughout the day to which you check email, there may be some pre-work that you again you'd have to notify your team and say, hey, I'm gonna check email during these times in the afternoon and before I shut down. And maybe even if it's external communication, maybe even, you know, dropping something in your signature that lets other people know that they can expect a response between these times just to help them um, understand your your rhythm throughout the day in which you're available via email. That could help as well. Yeah, I love that idea. I might suggest that people will actually close their email, period. Oh. If you've got like an email yes. client that's like giving you notifications mm-hmm. or I use, I just use Gmail directly. And, you know, if mm-hmm. I just have it open all the time, then it, and I can like see the number of email, just the number on the tab. Yes. can yeah. be a real trigger. So I would suggest just close it. Or if you're using like Microsoft Outlook or whatever, 
uh, you're on your phone, just like get rid of the notifications and then just like trust that you'll get back to it. And I say this as somebody who yes. emails are my kryptonite for real. <laughs> so I say this <laughs> from a place of love and compassion and empathy uh, that having a time set aside, it is part of my morning mm-hmm. Ritual um, to get to look at those every day. And I have an assistant who also is dealing with it for me. So that's another pro tip. <laughs> well, do you want to know my my pro tip when it comes to my phone? Um, I actually don't have any email app on my phone or Slack. I don't have them on there at all. Now, can I go yeah. onto a web browser and like eventually get there. Yes, but I've got to take like 12 steps and like go find my password and the verification code. And so it makes it like I'm only doing that if like there's a real reason for me to go seek it out, which helps me a lot in the like off hours. You know, I don't want to be checking email at first thing in the morning when I wake up. And so that that has really served me well. Actually, Megan Miller really challenged me on that several years ago just to take it off my phone. And I was like, I guess if my boss told me it was okay, <laughs> you know, I could try it. Uh, and it really worked. It's been a really helpful tool for me. Courtney, I know you um, you lead a few teams uh, when you're in your department. So there has to be multiple meetings going on constantly. Um, And that is activity number two is thinking about how we can better batch our meetings uh, together. What are what are your thoughts on the best way to do that, especially if there's multiple teams that require multiple meetings throughout a week? What are some some things that we can do to help manage that better? Yeah, I when it comes to meetings, if you have the ability to use your ideal week, um, if you use the full focus planner, or, by the way, if you do not have a Full Focus Planner and you're looking for that tool, you can find it at fullfocus.co slash ideal week. But you can really use your ideal week to try to figure out when the best time to have meetings would be. For example, um, there have been seasons where all of my one-on-one meetings got scattered throughout my week. Mm-hmm. And so it would be like you would get started on something and then you would need to go to a meeting. You know, I would get started on something and then go to another meeting. And so, you know, I've worked over time where all of my one-on-one meetings are just back to back to back. And then I'm done for the week with my one-on-one meetings versus having just like little, you know, 30, 45 minutes in between meetings. Because I have them back to back, it opens up bigger time blocks. You know, if I can have two and a half hours without any meetings, that's much better than having, you know, four 30, 45 minute blocks scattered throughout my week. And so I would really encourage you, if you haven't ever used the ideal week, to use that to figure out, you know, when you might could block those meetings together. So you could, you know, again, one-on-one meetings, you could have a time where you do any external meetings. Uh, you might even have a time where you do internal meetings or cross-collaborative meetings. The list is really endless here, but it's basically trying to figure out how you can group those. Yeah, that's good. And that's, and the benefit I think of it is when you batch in that way, you know, it keeps you from having to jump mental buckets. So, you know, if it's something that's just a strategic day of meetings or a, a meetings based on coming up with strategic plans or dialing strategy, then you're in that mindset 
for the for the bulk of that day or if it's vendor meetings then you can be in that mindset set for the bulk of the day versus having to jump in and out of different conversations that are scattered all right activity number three is chores something that we've been talking about quite a bit lately on the focus on this podcast i mean i'm Uh, an adult i don't have chores right i thought that those were supposed to end when i went to college no i I would have loved if chores ended especially cutting the grass but oh yeah but it's still here alive and well (laughs) have i told the story about when i used to mow the grass here when i was a kid have i told the story on the podcast think so maybe not no you know we had two yards we had a front yard backyard too big not to brag but they're too big (laughs) (laughs) and so uh, me and my brothers would like split up like because you'd get seven dollars to do one of like the back and you get seven dollars to do the front and i was in second grade as a kid hey i was in second grade in the 90s wow i was in second grade and i just gotten glasses and I'm pushing this mower. Around. I'm like really trying to make it work. I'm pushing this mower around and I'm like, oh, these glasses are too, like, they're, I don't know. I'm like, you know, you have to get used to that process. And so I put them down next to this bush that was at the corner of our driveway. Smash cut to I'm running over the glasses with my, with the lawnmower. <laughs> Lord have mercy. My poor, my poor, she was so nice. But I think about that now if my child did that. Just like how I'd have to process that news. And glasses were a much more – they were harder to get back then. They took yeah. longer. They were more expensive. Um, so anyway, not a fan of mowing the lawn. That's that really <laughs> – that's where that story yeah. going. Well, it's a good thing you were getting top dollar for your mowing so that you could pay for those glasses. <laughs> it was a good deal. You got a dollar if you did the side lawn too. It was because it was like kind of small. So Man. Wow. Actually, hold on, because now I'm thinking about I'm thinking about what you said, and I'm, I'm agreeing with you. It's like, hey, we're adults. Do we still have chores? I like what you mentioned in a EV, uh, an episode previously, though. We were talking about dishwashing, and you used the word. I like to reset the kitchen. Yes, yes. I yeah. literally say that every day. I'll mm-hmm. I'll tell Ashley. I'll go. All right, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start to reset right now, and I'll get up, yes. and I'll, it really feels yes. better. It doesn't feel like a, like mm-hmm. a punishment. Like I got to clean like up such- all the stuff I did today. <laughs> yes. It doesn't feel like such a chore. I agree. I'm a, I'm a big proponent. Like these subtle shifts in our thinking really help us. I think this works best when you're thinking of mega batching chores is to think of the chores that you only have to do like once a month um, and trying to group those together. For sure. example, if you're like, okay, we need to clean the windows. Like, you're not going to clean. I, I, I'm saying this and I'm like, should I be cleaning the windows every week? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> For all our listeners that are like yes. really into like go clean co or like cleaning methodologies, I apologize in advance. <laughs> but whatever those are, you know, maybe grouping those together that it's like, Okay, on the first Saturday of the month, I'm going to knock out all these things and having the confidence that you aren't having to try to track all that and remember all those things. Like the worst feeling is you look up at your, you know, your lighting fixture and there's just like an an inch of. It's like a Halloween uh, haunted house. Yeah, it's like, oh, we decorated for Halloween unintentionally. (laughs) 
you know, you've kind of got those things knocked out or like changing the filters, you know, all of those things that I think are easy to just kind of forget and until it's Halloween in your house. Well, you probably know the benefits of the compound effect of small actions through daily habits, but the biggest question is where are those habits leading you? Well, without a clear destination, it's really challenging to stay on course and keep up your motivation. So how do you decide which habits to prioritize in any given day, month, or even year? Well, the answer is a life plan. We here at Full Focus have created Life Focus, which is a brand new gamified approach to life planning. Each Life Focus kit comes with 11 card decks to help you define your personal mission, identify your personal values, describe your desired future, and determine your next steps, including the key milestones and essential habits to help you achieve your plan. By the end of this fun and easy process, you won't just have a vision for your life, you'll have the next steps and habits to pursue a life of greater direction, growth, and purpose. And right now, just for being a listener of Focus on This, we are giving you 15% off our Life Focus Kit and our course. So just go to fullfocus.co slash lifefocus and use the code FOT15 to get started. Let's talk about creative work. How do we, what's an efficient way to batch creative work so that we can really harness that creative energy for those specific moments that need to happen? Yeah. You know, I want to say a disclaimer at the beginning of this section, because I think so many times when we talk about creative work, I think we think about people that work in the arts, you know, it might be writing, it might be design, it might be you know, those jobs that are like very easy to connect the word creative to. And I think we all have creative work. Even if you're an accountant, you know, and you're working with numbers and spreadsheets, you have creative work of some sort. Um, I always say in my role, I've written lots and lots of strategy documents in my life. And it's the most creative work that I do. You know, dreaming up new things, that's a creative process. So before you check out and think, I don't do any creative work, I beg to argue that you do, that we all do. So when you start to pursue uh, whatever that creative work is that you do in your life, in your work, that usually takes some time. And so figuring out how to group that together and it may actually be easier for folks that work in a, you know, a tradi- like what we would say as a creative role to identify those things. You may have to be more mindful of it when it's not so easy. But figuring out the creative work that you need to do in your role and grouping it together, I think is really effective. For me, you know, writing a bunch of strategy documents at one time, much easier once I get in that frame of mind to just keep going and do it, you know, all at one time. Now, Verbs, you are in more of a like traditional creative role. I would really say both you and Nick, you know, probably fall into that traditional description. Like what advice do you have for those of us that maybe aren't? How could we kind of apply this for our work too? I'll just say this briefing, then I'll let Nick um, chime in here. I think, or at least what I've found really 
probably more so over the recent years as really harnessing your most and at the time where you're feeling the most energy, whether you're a morning person, some people get a burst of energy in the afternoon. Some people work better in the evening as far as their creative flow. Um, but really harnessing those times first, recognizing when those times are and really harnessing those times to get the most creative work done during those moments in those batched times because you're in a zone and it's easier to kind of create out of that flow and you feel it really start to dissipate if you're outside of that moment where you would normally have your most energy. And so for me, me capturing those moments is, is, um, is the best way the best flow that I can establish to make sure I'm getting at least the, the prime time creative process in during those, those moments. When is that for you? It's in the morning actually for me. So especially if I'm doing any kind of design work, um, I'm normally waking up with thoughts and ideas anyway. So getting to be able to actually start to produce those things or make those things happen in the morning time is like my best, my best flow. Once I get after into that later afternoon, not so much. I would just like to say note for the audio here that if you're watching as on YouTube, you can look at both Nick and Verbs' background and know for sure that they are in a creative. We're, we're like Verbs' background today. We're like, you're like a music executive um, over here. And Nick, you know, he has a cat, a cat walking around in a Outfit? Sweater cat. I'm not even sure. Sweater but cat. You just know that you're a creative, you know. Got to go to YouTube <laughs> to, to see Sweater Cat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I will you, say Nick? it's funny because my time is later in the day where I feel most productive. And if I'm being honest, my real productivity is like 2.30 to 7, which is the wow. worst time if you have a family. <laughs> so yes. I struggle with that a lot yeah. where I'm like, oh, I just want to keep going. But I will say that the pandemic made it hard. But I do think that removing yourself from whatever office you're in, like for me, it's a coffee shop, uh, to sit there and be away, it's like a trigger for me also. Like I'm here, I just have my this little space on my desk, on this table that I'm going to write in and I'll bring like a notebook with me and, you know, whatever I got to do. So physically moving also forces you to batch stuff because travel time costs you, right? So if I'm going to yeah. go to the coffee shop, I've spent... 10 minutes or whatever, maybe I walked there right. or, and now I can't just like go back and forth. So I'm here. I got to get all my stuff done is, is also really helpful for me. And again, pandemic made it harder, but um, just be careful. And I'll add this to the real quick. Cause I remember I read this in the book. Um, Courtney, you may remember this. This was a leaders leader books selection a few years back. I believe it's called sleep. It talked about, how important it is for creative, any kind of creative work, again, whether you're artists, whether you're in education, things to where you're, you're producing things that bring order or bring um, something into the world that people can, can utilize and appreciate all that good stuff. But normally creatives, like artistic creatives think, hey, I got to catch this moment of inspiration and I just stay in that until I'm done. Where he was saying, really, you should you shouldn't really go beyond like four or five hours of creative work. Um, and then even if you start something and you know you're going, getting into that fifth hour, it's better to just end it and leave yourself with something to do to pick up again tomorrow. So you're not breaking your creative flow. You're just putting a pause in between that creative flow and picking up again. Because normally what will happen is once you're done, you're kind of done and you feel exhausted. But if you get into that next day and you're already picking up where you left off because you started yes, something that basically easier. sets you up, 
it's yeah. easier to get into that flow again. So to Nick's point, like, you know, two thirty to seven and then there's family time. But how can we how can we set ourselves up in a way to where we're confident that whatever I was doing, it's possible I can pick back up on that and, and keep on going yeah. and, and find my creative flow again. But um, so that was an interesting concept. Is the book Sleep, Redefine Your Rest for Success in Work, Sport and Life by Nick Littlehouse? No. Or no? Alex, Is it a his book name was- called Re- Rest? <laughs> rest. That's it. Sorry. Rest. rest. Yes. Google for the win. I love Googling. It's my superpower. Yes. Rest. Why you get more Soo done Jung when you work Kim less. Ping. That's it. He also wrote, wrote Shorter, which I've read, which is about um, like shorter work days. I read that when we moved to a six-hour work day. So, yeah. Fantastic yeah. books. So we've been doing this every once in a while. We'll take a question from the community in which our producer, Nick, sets us up. Neither Courtney or I know what this question is, but Nick will allow you to take it away, sir. All right. This question from Tom. And I want to say that Tom's gotten a lot of helpful comments in the community already. So definitely want to go check out if you this relates to you or if you just want proof that people are helpful in the Full Focus Planner community. Tom's got 23 comments already from a day ago. People are engaged. Tom writes, okay, need some experience here. I want to use the planner so bad. I start and stop all the time and never say consistent. I make the excuse I hate writing and my penmanship sucks. So does spelling. This is the method I want for my life, but I never fully burn your boats, commit to it. Any advice is welcome. So his main his main challenge is he doesn't he doesn't like to write and he's not too confident on his, his spelling capabilities is what it sounds like. Yeah, I make the excuse I hate writing and my penmanship sucks. So does spelling. Okay, so but that's the definitely excuse. wants to use it, but sort of can't pick it up, and then has these reasons why. My initial thought is you're pretty much the only person that sees your planner, so the spelling and the writing thing. You're the only one that sees it. So I wouldn't be too self-conscious about that part of it. Uh, And maybe it's just figuring out what is the best half step that you can take into using the planner consistently, which we always suggest is always the daily pages, Um, identifying what those three big high leverage things are that you need to get done and just start there. You know, try that. Call it as we like to call it here an experiment. Um, Try that for a week or two and build up some consistency doing that. And then you can add in sort of the other applications and segments of the planner on top of that. That's my initial thought. Courtney, I know you have something to say as well. Yeah. I mean, I think this is one that not to be the scuba diver here uh, since Blake's not here today, but I feel like sometimes we've got to kind of get back to our thinking. It seems like you have the desire that you want to use the planner. Um, But what I would probably my first question is why? Like, why are you wanting to use the planner? Like, what is the the problem or the pain point? Like, why do you want to use the planner? I think that would be my first question back to you. And then as those like excuses kind of bubble up, I would say rather than allowing them just to be excuses to actually 
use our exercise of turning a limiting belief into a liberating truth, which is basically to say, like, instead of saying, I hate writing or like, my writing's terrible, you know, like I'm a terrible speller, but to figure out what could you, when those come up, because they're going to come up, what you could tell yourself instead. I would say, ultimately, I think there needs to be a little shift in your thinking to think of yourself as someone that, um, this is kind of hard to do without having you here, but again, whatever that why is for why you're wanting to use the planner, let's say it's like, I really do want to achieve some big goals. Let's say that's your why. Then it's like, actually start seeing yourself, your identity as somebody that achieves goals. Even if that's, you know, a little bit of that, you've got a fake in your thinking, but it's telling yourself over and over again, like, I am somebody that achieves goals. I am someone that plans, that um, is able to get the most important things done. Keep like speaking that into your identity. And then I think over time, you'll start to see that that really takes hold and it's easier to get traction with these things over time, even if it's a small step, like Verb said, of just doing your daily pages. Lastly, last thing, I will say accountability does help. Um, you know, Good. sharing some of yeah. this with another person and asking for help staying on track with this um, can also help as well. Courtney, your answer was so much better than mine. Nick, can we no, just edit my It's, it's not my a response. contest, Verbs. No, it's not a contest. I feel like this we is going to be way more helpful for the self-affirming language here. <laughs> we need to switch that from a, a limiting belief. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you gave me awesome. time to think about it. Um, it's, a really, it's a really good question. Yeah, we, it's an alley-oop. That's what we call it. We're on the same team. So That's right. We, we definitely are. So today's tip to level up your focus... On your daily page, write down one activity that you think you should try to start batching. Then answer the question, what would I need to do to begin batching this activity? Thanks for joining us on Focus on This. This is the most productive podcast on the internet. So share it with your friends and don't forget to join us on our full Focus Planner community on Facebook. And remember, we have that free session on mega batching with Amy Porterfield. That is normally $49, but you're going to get it for free uh, today just to help you maybe improve even further on batching. And you can get it at focusonthispodcast.com slash mega batching. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Until then, stay focused. Stay focused. I did want to give you a little update on my dishwasher situation. Yes. I wanted please. to let you know I have been effectively using your solutions and watched the entire video and <laughs> it is working. So I want to report back if you all missed the episode that will forever be referred to as the dishwasher episode. Uh, you may want to go check that one out because it's definitely working, Nick. So I wanted to give you props on that. Thanks. It was life altering for us. So I'm so glad to hear that it's worked out. Yes. We don't have hey, the do labor that Verbs has uh, to do the dishes. Right, right. What, um, what do we know? You what see, I don't have an update. So <laughs> uh, it's, I'll put the show note. 
I'll put the notes in the, the link in the show notes. Okay, great. This episode is brought to you by Life Focus, a new gamified approach to life planning that's easy, fun, and gives you a GPS for your next 10 years. You can start today at fullfocus.co slash lifefocus.